Good morning, family. Are you all well? So who ate too much for Christmas? It's confession time. I'll put both hands up. Are your leftovers all finished now? We finished everything yesterday. I had to get rid of some things. They were starting to not look so good anymore. I trust you had a wonderful Christmas time with your family and your loved ones. And uh, it's great to have you here this morning and to have you join us for the service. Obviously, most of our people are still away on holiday, and, uh, but it's great to be together. Please remember that tonight there will be a service um, to, for our midnight service. And please join that if you want to. And let's go into the new year in that fashion. Um, I wanted to share a short word with you today that um, as I was praying just for about today, I, I felt the Lord say to me that uh, he, would like us to, he would like to do a little bit of a checkup on us for today so that when we end the year, we may end the year well, because if we end the year well, then we can start the next year in a good place. Amen? Does that make sense to you? So the title of my message is Let's Do an ECG. You know, when you go for your checkups, uh, as you get older, you have to go more regularly, and they check you up, and one of the tests they do is they test your heart with this thing called an ECG, and they use some electricity, and they, they test all the workings of your heart. Let me not say any much more than that, because I don't understand it a bit more than that, but uh, it's so important that every now and then we check up our hearts and we go for a physical. I did mine uh, just in November, and I'm glad to say everything is wonderful and okay, but uh, it's, it's so important that we do that, but not only in the physical but I think in the spirit, we also need to, from time to time, have a bit of a checkup. And I felt the Lord wanted us to do a checkup today and to take us through a little bit of a, of a journey of just, of just looking at our own hearts and how we're doing in our spirit beings and in our hearts. And, and I think you'll all understand why this is important to do if we think, for instance, of a verse like Proverbs 4, verse 23, that says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. That's the way the New Living Translation puts it. Some of you will be more familiar with the translation that says, for it is the wellspring of life. From our heart, everything else flows. If you want to have a good 2018, I think it's reasonable to say that you need to start with your heart in a good place. If your heart is in a good place, from that, according to this scripture, good things can flow into the rest of your life. If your heart is not in a good place, then there's a good likelihood that there's going to be some challenges that you have to face until you can make the corrections and, and allow the Lord to make some adjustments in your heart. So I think it's, it's worthwhile for us to do this today and to take a little bit of a checkup on our heart. To do this, I want to use one of Jesus' most famous parables and to use this as a little bit of a diagnostic tool for us today to do a checkup on our hearts. And that's the parable of the sower. If you have a Bible with you, if you would mind, then go with me to Mark chapter 4. And uh, we're going to take this process or this path, as Jesus told it, in a parable form, and to just look at some of the conditions that a heart can be in. And there's basically four conditions that Jesus spoke of about the human heart can be in as he likened it to soil. But if you don't mind, let's read Mark 4 together, and I'm going to start at uh, verse 3, and then uh, skip a portion, and then carry on with uh, the explanation as Jesus gave it. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. This is Mark 4, verse 3. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. 
still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Let's drop down to verse 14. The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come and, once it, and take it away, come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represent others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire of other things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. So I want to put before you that in Mark 4, Jesus talks to us and he says, there's these four conditions. I don't know if this is an exclusive list. I'm sure there's other conditions also. But here Jesus highlights four conditions of the human heart. Now, I've given them a title just to help us this morning, and you can call them something else. But the first one I've called the hard heart. Jesus said sometimes the soil, uh, which he likens to our hearts, is, is hard. And it's like a footpath, the hard heart. The second one is the shallow heart. It's the heart that has some soil, but underneath there's, there's, uh, there's rock so that the, the seed cannot take ground and cannot sprout the, or, or grow strong. The, the third one is the distracted heart, the heart that receives the seed and it starts growing, but then sort of neglects it and goes after other things. And then the last one I want to call the ready heart or the, the good soil that Jesus spoke about. So what I want to do for, with us today is quickly just look at each heart. And just let's describe them a little bit and talk about them. And with the idea that you can think for yourself and say, does this have any application to me? And does this speak to me at all? Is there something here that I recognize in my own heart? And, and so that if I can diagnose it, then I can trust God and take some steps to see those things changed and corrected. So the first one is the hard heart. In Mark 4, verse 15, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. Now, let me just, just share a couple of thoughts as I meditated on this. I think, first of all, it'll probably be correct that nobody starts in life with a hard heart. I think we all start with an open heart. We all start with a heart that is ready to receive. I think that's the way we are made and created by God. We all have this internal longing and desire for God. We all have this, this desire for truth. We all are looking for what is right and what is good. We all start with an open heart. But over time, things can happen. Now, if you think of a piece of ground where a footpath has been brought about, it, it happens that when there's a footpath, nothing grows in that space anymore because it gets regularly used. There's regular traffic on it. When we were away on holiday now, we would love to go and take some walks in the forest, in the indigenous forests. And uh, it's so lush. It is so amazing. There's so much life and growth. And it's just beautiful. It's overgrown. But yet, there are these paths where nothing grows. 
because regularly people walk over it and they keep on compressing the ground and making the ground harder and harder and harder so that nothing breaks through there. I think that's what happens. The same situation can happen to our hearts. That things can develop in our lives, perhaps experiences that we've had, perhaps struggles that we have, even thoughts that we struggle with or arguments that we may have. And, and these things start, start causing us to, to become harder. And as we revisit and as we, these experiences sort of build in our lives and as we think upon them and, and make them so important and then they become this path that, that gets trafficked a lot. If you think of something like unforgiveness, for instance, if somebody does something against you and, and, and hurts you in some way or offends you deeply or, or in some way really takes away from you, and that hurt sits in your heart, what then happens is if, it's, if a hurt takes a lodging in us, don't we think about it a lot? Don't we visit that place over and over and over? I mean, come on, we're all human beings. How often do you have arguments with people in your head? They know, they're none the wiser. They don't even know that you're arguing with them. But when you go to sleep, the person's there and you're arguing with them. You, 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 you're sort of wrestling it through in your mind. And it's a pathway that you are busy walking. And the more you walk on that pathway, the more the ground becomes hard. And it becomes difficult to receive the seed. Now, I think it's easy for us perhaps to liken this hard heart. Perhaps all of us can think of people that are what we would term unbelievers or people that are not Christians, that for some other reason have, have decided not to follow God. And we can think of them as people with, with a, a pathway in their hearts that, that there's this hardness of, of their hearts. I know I've got a couple of friends, people that, are, that have hardened their heart against God. Some because of questions they have and they, they don't find answers for the questions and they're arguing with God all the time. It's wonderful when you have those friends that every time you see them, they want to argue with you. Some because of some bad experiences they've had, because of things that have happened and they can't explain it, or because of hurts or because people let them down. Some because other Christians let them down. For whatever reason, we, we all know people that have become hard of heart like that. But I, I also think that us, you and me, that may be people that are following Jesus and trying to, to serve Him, we must still watch out that there's not some areas in our lives where possibly a little bit of hardness sets in. Whenever there's something in our lives that we can't talk to God about, that we, that we sort of keep aside, that we don't allow anybody to look into, that we, that we keep, that is a potential area of hardness that comes in. I think we must always live our lives in such a way that anything we can hear when God says it to us, anything that we need to have God reveal or break open to us, it's possible for Him to do. I think that's the prayer I so often pray for myself. I just pray, Lord, let there be nothing in my life that is hidden from you. Let there be nothing in my life that is, that is something you can't talk to me about or that I can't hear you. I'll be honest with you, sometimes I, I become quite afraid and I think, Lord, please just make sure that there's nothing in my life that I'm just blissfully ignorant about, that I've got some massive blind spot in my life and, and I can't even hear your voice. Because that's a place of hardness of heart. 
Now, I thank God that he's faithful because he knows how to speak to me. And if it's my, I firmly believe that if it's my heart's intent, if it's my desire, if I willfully try my best to be as honest as I can with myself and with God and to not keep anything from any people that, that are close to me and live an open life, then God will always find a way to speak to me about anything. But I can live my life in a way where there's things that is hidden. And their hardness sets in. So I wonder in your heart, Is it possible for God to speak to you about anything at any time? Do you love all of His Word? Do you love everything, all truth? Or is it some part of the truth that is better for you than others, and others you try and avoid? And this is our human tendency. There's certain things that's difficult for us, but it's so important that we keep our hearts soft and open before God, that no hardness develops within us. Because if there's hardness that develops, if in 2017 perhaps you had a very challenging year and some things that, that affected you and, and, and happened and it shook your faith and it shook your, your, your just, you know, even the joy of your salvation, it just made things a little bit more difficult. I think it's important to bring that to the Lord perhaps today. Because you don't want that area to have any determination in how 2018 is going to go in your life. You want to be, be in a place where you say, Lord, I'm open. Because if there's a hardness, what does that mean? There's seed that can't be sown. And if there's seed that can't be sown in our lives, there's harvest that we cannot have in the future. And the problem with seed is that you don't feel the loss now. You only feel it later on. If you're going to start this year with a bit of hardness in your heart, you won't, you won't feel it. You, it. It won't matter for a while. But later on, you'll start seeing there's a lack of momentum. There's a lack of growth. There's a lack of, of, of new things. There's a lack of potential because of the seed that you couldn't receive. God sows the seed. This, the parable tells us the sower sows. There's no lack of God sowing. God always sows. He's always busy with us. He's always busy distributing His Word, His truth to our lives. Our responsibility is that our hearts do not harden against the Lord. It may be that forgiveness is needed. It may be that a conversation is needed. It may be that, that there's some wrestling that you have to do. To open up to somebody so that some place can be softened. The hard heart. Secondly, Jesus speaks in verse 16 and 17 about the shallow heart. The seed of the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for, for believing God's word. This is... The challenge we always face with the seed of the truth of God's Word is that it so often comes with challenge. It so often comes with some difficulty that it brings because it always requires of us an adjustment. It always requires of us change. It always requires of us to step into some place that, that a lot of the time is not comfortable for us. When the seed of the Word is delivered, 
It requires something. Think of Abraham, for instance. Here he is living his life, merrily going along, doing his thing with his family. And God speaks to him. The sower sows a seed into Abraham's life. Now, it may be that God had to say it a couple of times to Abraham. I don't know. But the sower sows a seed. And Abraham, at some point, had to accept that seed. And then start to make decisions and choices based on that seed, based on that promise that God gave him. If he didn't, the seed would have just been a seed. Nothing would have come from it. But because he received it, and he allowed it to settle in his life, to take root, and then he started adjusting accordingly. You know, the seed, in his case, had a big, big requirement from him. The Lord said, leave your home, leave where you are, and go to the place where I will show you. Do you know that if Abraham didn't pack up and go, the seed would not have delivered the promise. The harvest would never have been gotten. It required something from him. The seed had to settle. I think about Abraham. I mean, let's, let's imagine one night he was out on a walk, just surveying his, his, his livestock or something. And God speaks to him. God says, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. How many of you know that, that that was a nice promise to receive? That probably in his heart he went, yes! Woohoo! Okay. I think it's exciting. Not if I think of school fees, though, I suppose. All those clothes, father of many nations. But for Abraham, a man who could not have children, God gives this promise. The seed falls and he receives it with joy. But then the persecution comes. Then the struggle comes. Then the difficulty comes. And if Abraham didn't endure through the difficulty, he made mistakes along the way, but he kept that seed. He kept adjusting. He kept looking to make a space for that seed in his life. If he didn't do that, it would just be another story of a shallow heart. And the world is littered with stories of people that have been given the seed but couldn't really receive it, couldn't adjust, couldn't make space for it in their lives, couldn't make it the treasure that it is supposed to be, and then it, it didn't produce what it was supposed to. Is your heart a shallow heart. Perhaps over 2017, it happened to you that there were things that God spoke to you about. Perhaps you started 2017 with some grand ideas and some, some faith steps that you were going to take and some expectancy that you had for God to do things. But as the year went along, it just became too difficult. It just, it, it, it cost too much. It was too hard. And you just let it, just disappear. And you said, ah. And that seed is, didn't achieve the purpose. It's so sad. And I think we've all, it's happened to all of us, hasn't it? I mean, I've, definitely it's happened to me a couple of times. Where God spoke something and there was such, wow, this is going to be amazing. And, and, but then I just didn't follow through. It just got too hard for me. It just got too tough. And that's okay. God, I think He's, well, I know, He's gracious, He's kind. 
If we come around and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I didn't. I didn't deal with that seed as I should have. I didn't really receive it. I didn't make space for it. I didn't adjust accordingly. Then God says, okay. It's never too late. But until we do that, this, that harvest cannot take place. And I think it's so sad. So often we see it with people. Where the seed is given and Somebody hears this great story about Jesus and how much he loves them and, and the story of salvation. And perhaps they come forward at a, in a service and they come and, and, and perhaps there's even crying and they fall out and they say, Lord, I give you my life. But then it doesn't last very long because then they have to start adjusting their lives now, live differently because now Jesus is Lord of my life. And it requires different behavior, and it requires different life, and perhaps it, it puts me in a place where people start saying funny things about me, and, and perhaps life becomes difficult, and suddenly I, my friends aren't so keen on visiting with me anymore, and, and things are happening in my life, and it becomes uncomfortable, and, and it's those moments that we have to decide what are we going to do with that seed. Now, it's not only true for new young believers, it's true for every one of us. In this year, every one of us, no matter how long you've been serving the Lord. I look at Uncle Sherry and Auntie Beryl, I mean, how long they've been serving the Lord. I guarantee you that in this year in their lives, there were seeds that God was sowing. Amen? Things that God was saying, this, these are things that I need you to make space for in your life. Need to adjust accordingly. Do we have the depth of heart as believers to embrace, to receive God's word? The third one is the distracted heart. Mark 4 verse 18 to 19. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who, who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. There's another challenge that is given to the seed of God's word that is put in our hearts. It's that we get distracted from it, that we forget about it, that we don't water the seed. The problem with the shallow heart is it doesn't provide enough soil for the, for the seed to take root and to become strong. The distracted heart doesn't water and care and nurture for the seed so that it can grow it sort of forgets about the seed. It receives the seed, yay, but then carries on with life as if the seed's not there. And I, 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 I think particularly this is the one I struggle with. I get distracted, I forget. I, I can't tell you how many times I've you know, been to church on a Sunday, somebody spoke a word and I went, yes, Lord, and I want you to do this in my life, and I, I pray and I commit. And next Sunday when I get to church, I remember, oh, wing. I was supposed to, to nurture that seed. I forgot about it completely. Is it just me? Oh, you all sit there looking so holy. Come on. Perhaps right now some of you are going, Ooh, you're. Otherwise, if you, if you want me to convince you, I'll ask you to take up your diary and open it at some January 2017. And your New Year's resolutions and things that we said, oh, I'm going to do better. We forget, we get distracted. I think it's one of the easiest tools that the enemy has is to keep us from going forward and progressing and gaining kingdom momentum in our lives is he just distracts us. He just 
gets us busy with other things. Sometimes even good things, but it's not the key things that God wants us to do. Somebody once said, the enemy of great is good. God has great things that He wants to do in our, in our lives, and He plants the seed with the great potential. But sometimes we get so busy with what is good that we don't get to that which is great. He, he lists here for us in the Scripture the particular things we should be concerned about and watch out for that, that, that crowds out the seed, and it's the, the worries of this life. Any of us have worries from this life? Mm. Any of you starting to think about, mm, how am I going to afford this year? How am I going to pay for, I've got a son going to varsity. Oh, how are we going to do that? You know, living in South Africa, we have enough reasons to have the worries of life. And the worries of life can keep you so busy. The lure of wealth. And I, I think what he means by this is just the attraction of this world. This, this idea that the world sells us, that as long as you've got enough money, everything's okay. The only thing that you need to make life just good is enough money. So, so we put our energy, we put our minds on how do I secure my income? How do I get enough money? And, and that becomes a distraction for us. Sometimes I have these people that phone me, you know these guys, and I'm sorry if any of you are, do this for a living, I have nothing against you, but these telemarketers that phone you and they tell you, we've got 5,000 rand for you in a portfolio that if you start working the stock market, you know which ones I'm talking about. Normally about half past six in the evening they phone you. And they've got this little rhyme, they say every, no matter which company they're from, they say the same thing. And they always give me this, this long story, we want to make you, you know, give you more money and if you did, and then... I always say to them, thank you very much. I really appreciate it, but I'm not interested. How can you not be interested in making more money? Then I love to say this to them. I normally say to them, because making money is not my mission in life. It's not what's going to make me happy. And they go, what do you mean? How can, surely you can do with more money. I say, yes, I know. But for me to do this that you want me to do to get more money will take more of my time and energy. And I don't have the time and energy to invest in that. I'm already investing it in other things that I believe is more important. At some point, that poor person on the other side, I enjoy it because they get like, they don't quite know what to do with me. Because we don't know people, you know, everybody wants to make more money. I'm telling them I don't want to make more money. Not that I don't want to make more money, but I don't want to invest the, the time and the energy and the effort. Because as wonderful as money is, it's a seed. But it's not the seed. The seed in my life, the treasure, is the treasure of the kingdom. The pearl of great price is the kingdom. It's the word of God. It is that on which my life must focus. It is that which I must protect and guard and make sure that I attend to. That I, that I, that I just keep front and center. It is that which is, the, if I lose, it's the greatest loss I will have. Is that. It's the seed of God's word. Everything of my life and your life is wrapped up in that. That's why I think all of us wants to have the ready heart. Mark 4 verse 20. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word 
and, and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Note what this good heart is about. It's not about just having a good heart. It's about producing a harvest for the kingdom. That's what God's after. That's the mark of a good heart. A good heart is not just a nice, gentle, soft heart. A good heart is a heart that produces seed for the kingdom. More seed. Didn't Jesus say, you will know a tree by its fruit? How do I know whether my heart is good? Ultimately, it's, it's good because I can see the harvest that it's producing. I can see the effect it's having. I can see the change. I can see the impact of my life. Glimpses of it, at least. I can see that this is real. What, is, what I have received, the seed that have been planted in my life, is real because it's not only done something in my heart, but it's also causing an effect in the lives of others. The kingdom is spreading. I have not only received fruit, but I have received seed, and now I become the next step in this circle that reproduces the kingdom all the time. Is there a production that is happening in your life of the kingdom? And I'm not talking about something you have to work at. I'm not talking about some effort that you have to put in. I mean, there's work and there's effort, but there's something in it that is a natural reproduction because if we receive the seed, it grows we reproduce. That's a sign of a good heart. A good heart is that ready heart. And I think that's my side of the deal. God's side is to sow the seed. And the wonder of God's seed, how many remember what Isaiah 55 says? For the seed will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish that for which I have sent it. So God's seed comes with a guarantee. It will work. Guaranteed. If I receive it and if my heart is ready for it. So my response is to keep my heart ready. Now I don't know what God has got in store for you for 2018. I have some idea of the things that he's talking to me about. And I'll share with you in a couple of weeks what I feel God is saying for, for our two churches. The Hatfield South and East. But what is God saying to you? You may not even know. But let your heart be ready. Let your heart be ready. So that when that seed is planted, 30, 60, 100 fold can take place. Your part is to make sure that the heart is ready. Now how do we keep a ready heart? How do we till our hearts? How do we work the soil of our hearts to make sure that we're ready for what God has planned? I mean, I can't tell God what He must plant in my life. That's not up to me. He's sovereign. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord. He's made up his mind. The word says, before the creation of the world, he prepared good works for me to do. He prepared my 30, 60, 100-fold harvest long before I was even thought of. He prepared it. He decided it's his, it's his responsibility. I can't say, Lord, in 2018, this is the seed that I want you to sow. Now, I can say that and I can pray because it's amazing how often I've seen in my life the things I ask God for is actually the things He told me to ask Him for. Have you discovered that in your life? You get some desire for something and you start praying for it and then suddenly you realize God's setting you up. He told you to ask Him for that in the first place. So it's okay to ask God, but when we ask in line with what His intentions and will was, there's something beautiful that happens. 
And God has got seed that He has prepared for your heart. Seed that He's prepared for this church. Seed that He's prepared for this nation for this year. May we be a ready people with hearts that are ready. How do we tell our hearts? I want to show you a little picture. I don't know if they were able to put it on the, there we go. Little cartoon there on the right hand side. You can see that, that guy looking at the, a book, looking at the word. And then he absorbs the word and he drinks the word and the word in, gives him light. And eventually then the word becomes the light that he sees everything else through. And that's what the seed of God's word does for us. It's not only that which illuminates our lives, but it begins to illuminate the world for us. And everything we see, we see by the word and by the seed of God's word. And that's what we want. That's this, the power of the word, the seed in our lives. And that's what we want to maximize. So that every time God plants a seed in my life, that I not only receive that seed, but that that seed has its complete work in my life. So that from that point on, I start seeing the world through that seed. Because that's when the real kingdom stuff happens. Abraham did not only receive the seed of you will become the father of many nations. From that point on, he started seeing the world from that perspective. That's when the seed takes real hold. Now, how does that happen? We tell our hearts by staying close and involved with the Word and the Spirit. We let the Word speak to us. This morning as we were praying with, as the pastor, Pastor Hubert read Psalm 1 to us. Blessed is the man who's, who, who does not sit in the seat of mockers, who meditates on the law of the law day and night. For he will be like a stream planted by living waters, which will bear its fruit in season and out of season. Whenever God plants the seed, the man and the woman who meditates on the word of the Lord, who's close to the word of the Lord, will be ready. How close are you to the Word and the Spirit? It's not only about just reading the Bible. It's about reading the Scriptures with the author with you, the Holy Spirit. Isn't it great that Jesus said, I will send you the Holy Spirit, and He will guide you into all truth. He will teach. Isn't it amazing that I can read the Bible? And when I sit and I read the Bible and I come up to a Scripture and I go, Lord, I don't have a clue what that means. And I can pray and I can say, Holy Spirit, start guiding me. And then I read up and I, I find and I speak to people. And I, and I mean, we live in an age where we've got no excuse. We can find good comments and, and thoughts on any portion of Scripture. And we start reading about it and we search it a little bit. Truth lays hold of us. Not only truth that becomes our truth, but truth that we see everything through. And the kingdom is born. Stay close to the Word and the Spirit. The next one is through prayer. I mean, it's such a wonderful thing that as a church, we've done it in both the South and the East Church for many years now, that we start every year with a week of prayer and fasting. And I know everybody's busy and it's a hectic time of the year sometimes and school's getting going and all the stuff that is happening. But can I tell you, it is well worth your while to take some time out. Even if you can't come to any of the times, corporate times of prayer that we have. I mean, if you can, even if it's difficult, come. But take time. It's seed time, I always call it. Whenever you sit like that in prayer, you know what happens is the seed that is being poured out over your life. 
It is in those times when the seed is being poured out, when God is pouring his seed over your life, in times of prayer. And it's also in times of prayer that we become soft and pliable and and we can accept and absorb the seed of the word. It's in times of prayer. Prayer is just sitting with God, talking with him first, interacting with him, pouring your heart out to him. Now, some of you can journal. Journal. I'm not a great journaler. I've got many journals, but like, you know, there's like months in between where some things journal. I'm just not a great processor in that sense, and I'm not bragging about it. It's a weakness I have, and I try. Normally, my journals begin in January and end about May. But if you're a great journal, a journal, or whatever it is that helps you process and meditate the Word of God, and pray through, and pray through life, And then the last one I want to say, and there's more. You can put fasting with this. But fellowship. Be with people that help the word in your life take root. You know, sometimes just the wrong person, just the wrong conversation can kill a seed in your life. Can completely destroy it. I mean, if I, if I have the Word of God speak to me, let's say God says to me, you know, I, I believe you should give more in this year. Financially, this is a year where I want you to step out in faith and give more. Now, if I go and tell that to the wrong person, they will kill that seed immediately. They will say, how can you do that? That is the stupidest thing I've heard. The church just wants your money. What do you want to give your money to the church for? Come on, you, you know, or some. Or if I go give it, share it with a friend of mine that, that we're walking in the Spirit and I say, look, this is what I feel God's saying, that can pray with me and say, well, you know, let's really consider. And they can help me fashion what God is saying to me in a responsible and accountable way, but they won't kill the seed. Is it so important that we have fellowship in the Spirit so that the seed can be, the ground can be tilled? Music team, you guys can join me on stage. Thank you. I wonder what the condition of your heart is today. And I'm not asking that question because of some judgment that I'm wanting to pass or I'm wanting you to make you feel bad because I had to first of all do this. And say, okay, Lord, check my heart for me. And I'll be sad to say that I could recognize every one of those in portions. We had to say, okay, let's deal with this a little bit. Let's change this a bit. So I'm not asking this for some because... I'm really asking it for this motive. If we end 2017 well, we can begin 2018 in a good place. If our hearts can be ready, open, responsive, maximize every seed that God has given to us. I think it's interesting that he says 30, 60, 100 fold. What makes the difference? It's not the seed that determines whether it's 30, 60, or 100 fold. I think even in that, Jesus is saying to us, how ready is your heart? Are we we ready? Are we eager? Are we expectant of God and saying, Lord, I'm going to, if you give me one seed this year, I'm going to turn it into a hundred. If you give me three seeds, I'm going to turn it into 300. Whatever, Lord, I just want to maximize what you give me. What is the condition of your heart? Can you close your eyes with me for a moment? I don't intend this to be some heavy question. 
Perhaps it's something that over the next couple of days you can ask the Lord. But perhaps let's right now just say, Lord, is there something you want to show me about the condition of my heart so that I don't miss out on what you have for me? Just right now. Has your heart become hard in certain things because of tough things that have happened in this year? Is there shallowness that's crept in you where you see a, a pattern in your life where you receive the word of God but you don't follow through on it because it doesn't take root? Is there a distraction in your life where you neglect the seed of the word of God? You don't water it. You don't look after it. Or do you recognize a readiness in your hearts? Now, I, I think like me, you'll probably find that there's a bit of a lot of all of those in your heart. And what I had to do when I recognized some of these things in my own heart is just to say, Lord, here's my heart. Here's my heart, O oh God. Make it ever true. Here I am, Lord. Whatever you need to do. And let me just take one seed, one thing you're saying to me now. And let me treat that the way it's supposed to be treated. Because if God can trust me with one seed, He'll give me two, He'll give me three, He'll give me four. But let's begin with one. And it may be that as if you pray over this new year, that there's one seed that God says to you. This is the seed. One thing that you sense. And take that seed and treat it well. But can we this morning, in this moment, present our hearts to the Lord? Where's Chris? If you guys can lead us in a song that we can present our hearts to the Lord. Why don't you stand with me? And this is between you and the Lord. None of us will know what God is saying to you, what's going on in your heart. Perhaps all you're thinking about is lunch. That's okay. Nobody will know. But this is a moment where there can be something that beautiful that happens. As we sing this song together, let's present our hearts to the Lord. In whatever way that feels appropriate to you, but respond. Say, here's my heart, Lord. Just give it to the Lord. If you've diagnosed in your own heart one of these conditions of the three that is not the, the great ones, then just say, Lord, forgive me, and here's my heart. Renew it. Make it new, Lord. Lord, I just pray for every person here today, every heart that is your treasure every heart that is so precious to you, every heart that is the soil of the kingdom. And Lord, I, I just pray that every person would right now, in the full understanding of how much you love them, how unconditionally you love and accept them, just feel that freedom to allow you to do what you need to do in every heart, Lord, so that we can be ready for whatever you have intended and purposed, Lord, that our hearts will be prepared. And I bless every heart, Lord, in Jesus' name. I bless every heart with readiness, with tenderness, with an openness towards you, Lord, with a, an ability to just absorb your word, to nurture it, to grow it, to reproduce, Lord. I bless every heart today in Jesus' name.
And Lord, I pray that where there's changes that we need, give us strength by your Holy Spirit. Enable us, Lord, to do what you've called us to do and to make the adjustments that we need to make, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Not in our own strength, Lord. We'll never get it right in your strength, Lord, in Jesus' name. It'll be our privilege if you want us to pray with you this morning. We have some of our pastors here and leaders that will, the elders that will want to pray with you. If you want prayer this morning, come to the front. We also have baptism that we prepared for. If you want to get baptized today, what a great way to end the year. Get baptized. We'll also be ready to receive you for baptism, as we said earlier. But the Lord bless you. Have a great week. And as you start this year, may you experience His grace and His goodness with you. And may your heart overflow with the joy of the Lord. Bless you. Have a wonderful day. Amen.